1: where we are moving at the speed of God, learning what we didn't know we didn't know. I'm your host, Ida Crawford.
2: And I'm your co-host, Ruth Haskins.
1: So grab a pen and paper and get ready for information that you can use.
2: Welcome to the studio of Just Minding My Business Media LLC. 10x your business starting today with digital marketing from Just Minding My Business Media LLC on JMMB Media TV or Mindset Movers TV, JMMB Radio at gmail.com. Forgiveness is giving up hope that the past could have been any different. Oprah Winfrey. Today our guest is from The Land Down Under. Claudia Soule is an Australian behaviorist, self-help author, 23-year career psychotherapist, university educator, and international speaker. Her mission is to ensure as many women as possible experience the success and life they deserve. To that end, Claudia is founder and lead therapist of Womanly Sense, a program designed to reset how Women Navigate Life. She's also the creator and author of Womanly Sense Complete System for Epic Living. Her book is due to launch this summer, July, 2021.
3: Welcome, Claudia So, Hi, Ruth. Hello, Ida. Nice to be here.
1: Hi, Claudia. How are you this day? You're looking beautiful.
3: <laughs> Thank you, Ida. It, well, it is a beautiful day here in tropical far north Queensland, so I'm absolutely wonderful. Oh, so. nice. Yes.
1: Yeah. So, tell us a little bit about how you got started on this road.
3: Well, it's a it's a long road. About <laughs> uh, okay. 23 years ago, uh, I did my first degree, and uh, which was a behavioural degree, but essentially set me up to be a practicing psychotherapist. And I think what led me there was my own childhood. And, you know, people often look at me and will assume that, okay, you know, she must have had an amazing life and a wonderful life, but I actually didn't. I had an incredibly difficult childhood with a lot of trauma involved and domestic violence, Mm -hmm. uh, which was something I learned that I had to overcome and manage on a daily basis in terms of, I guess, the the post-traumatic stress and things that come from that. So I think that directed me into uh, wanting to help other people and feeling like I wanted to lessen the burden for other people and particularly, I guess, other children at that stage from going through maybe what I'd gone through. And... I think there was one other particular event when I remember being with my auntie who was very, very sick and very ill and how people were responding and reacting to the fact that this wonderful lady was not going to be with us for very much longer. And I think that also influenced me. I, I saw how distressed and how people struggle at the sort of loss uh, so various different things, I think, influenced me as a young girl to end up doing that degree. And that was the start of my career, basically.
1: All <clears throat> Okay, so tell us, what, uh, so that our audience is clear, what's a psychotherapist?
3: Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a good question, actually. Um, it's a little bit different from a psychiatrist or a psychologist. And we're often very misunderstood. We work very much with our clients in the present moment. So we consider what's happened to them, but we look at how that's affecting their life in the now. So if you take trauma, for instance, how is that affecting you now? What's uncomfortable now? How's it affecting your relationships, your business, your career? So we bring that into the present and work with the client in a very relational, heartfelt way. We're very right brain people, as opposed to a more clinical, scientific approach. We work with our hearts. We connect with people. Um, yeah, which is why I love psychotherapy as much as I do. Yes. yes.
2: When you talk about trauma, could you also give us a little bit of a picture of what trauma is? Because many people just don't really even recognize that they had a traumatic event in their life?
3: Yeah, absolutely, Bruce. It's Well, trauma is when uh, there is some kind of event in your life that impacts you that you have a considerable emotional response to. So it's a marked response. Um, and in some way, it will affect you in a detrimental way. So it will affect your functioning, if you like. And people that have suffered trauma actually their brain starts to respond differently to events that happen subsequently in their life. Without getting too technical, you've got three aspects of the brain. You've got the the limbic brain, which is where we have an emotional response. You've got the reptilian brain, which is where we fight or, or run or freeze when we're frightened or we go through something. And you've got the neocortex, which is our rational brain where we think. And what happens in trauma once someone's been through a significant event that has really, really um, affected them, the limbic brain starts to respond a little bit differently to what it might with someone who hasn't been through trauma. There's a different emotional response and they go much more quickly into that fight, flight or freeze response, Um, which is why I get a little annoyed. I heard something recently, uh, someone online said, oh, you know, a panic attack is just a wake-up call. This was something I heard recently online, and I thought, wow, that's that's just not what a panic attack is at all. It's a physiological response to something that has triggered you, that is connected to that past event that you went through. Mm. So that's a bit of a snapshot of, of, of trauma.
2: Okay. So I don't want to jump ahead in this, but could uh, trauma also be one of the triggers for addiction or addictive behaviours?
3: Yes, absolutely. Uh, I started my career actually in addiction. It was my first group of clients that I worked with and many of them, and it's very misunderstood with people that have addictions, uh, many, many of them had been through very traumatic abuse from sexual abuse uh, physical abuse, neglect, uh, a whole host of things that they've been through in their life. It has a massive impact on uh, how someone then moves through their life, and it requires management. They have to manage it.
2: Mm. Oh, this is going to be a deep conversation, I can see. Go ahead, Ida. I think you have a question. <laughs> wow, well,
1: I'm just soaking it all in because, you know, We talk about trauma. We talk about all of these different things all of the time, but we don't really define them. Mm -hmm. So I'm really happy that you are actually defining them. You know, we know that it's a bad experience, but we don't know all of the, in terms of the technical side of things.
3: Yeah, and it's important because I think to understand that someone that's been through a lot of trauma in their life might respond differently, I guess we would say they react more than they respond if there's a certain trigger. So if they're in a relationship, for instance, what might be a little sort of argument or conflict to to someone that hadn't been through a lot of trauma might be a much bigger thing and someone might react in a very different way to that. If someone raises their voice, someone that's been through trauma could react very differently to that. It could literally take them back into that that event and they could even relive that event um, because their whole, their their limbic system and the way they respond is now a little bit faulty. Um, And it's also why uh, we see in children particularly children that are taken into care or foster children, and I worked in that area for a while, often their carers won't understand why they're behaving the way they do. You know, they think they're naughty or they describe them as bad, but they're not. They've been traumatized and they react. You know, they're on high alert all the time. Mm -hmm. So uh, we have to put a lot of uh, time and effort into having people understand what, what that's all about as well. So
2: in your international travels and speaking and engagement with different people, what have been some of the top issues as far as trauma is concerned? I mean, I know there's so many, but which ones are really facing us right now?
3: Uh, You mean on a world stage, Ruth? On a world stage, or if you want to, you can localize it. Yeah. I think that's such a good question because I think going back and looking at everything that's going on in the last, I guess, 18 months coming up to, you yeah, know, about 18 months, I guess, uh, I think there's been a lot of trauma in, in the world. Um, we look at, you know, COVID itself and the fact that it, it had people in a situation where they were less exposed to other people You know, they weren't connecting as much. I know for myself, I was surprised after lockdown to find that I had a vitamin D deficiency because I hadn't been out. I mean, when's the last time people had vitamin D deficiencies in this world? You know, this was a major thing that happened to people, but people lost their businesses. People lost their relationships. People, uh, the incidents of mental health and depression uh, went through the roof. I know it did in Australia and I know it must have done in America, I don't know the statistics there, but um, these are huge things that the world is facing and I think without addressing these issues at a very um, cultural level and what's keeping us a little bit broken, um, it's just unfortunately could get worse So I think we need to start regarding people a little bit more highly perhaps than the almighty dollar, uh, which is kind of what's, you know, put out there so much now. It's all about success and go after it and chase it. Um, I think we need to redefine that as well so people start to feel successful even if they don't have, you know, a certain Mm -hmm. amount of money in the bank, you know. I
2: totally agree with that, yes. Ida, yes. Oh, I thought you were going to jump in with something. Yeah,
1: I definitely agree with that because we don't want our lives uh, depend valued on money. I mean, that isn't even where your value comes from, number one. Yes, it's nice to have, but how you feel inside your skin is way more important. Mm-hmm. Way more important. And I'm glad you touched on that because You know, a lot of people, because they don't have this or they don't have that, they don't pay attention to what they do have.
3: Yes. Yeah. Beautiful idea. Absolutely. And I think, unfortunately, and I know we're on the internet right now, I know we're on Facebook, but I think uh, one of the things that sometimes annoys me is this, you know, um, failure versus winner type mentality. And there's so many images and there's so many things that are being put out there especially for our young people coming up, there's this tendency to compare. You know, why why am I not like that person? Why don't I look like that person? And, of course, once you fall into that trap, you're never, you're always going to fall short of what someone else might have or what someone else, you know, what someone else's image might be. So I like what you said, Ida. It's, it's about looking at what we have to offer, how we can shine, and how we can grow and how we move through life and what brings us happiness, contentment, faith, uh, purpose, vision, you know, being mindful of uh, what's going on in the world and how we can help others, how we can collaborate. These are things that individuals we need to start doing more of, of, in, in in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, oh, 100% agree with you. Yes, yes,
1: absolutely. The more we collaborate and come together as humans, keyword humans, yeah. the yes. more harmony we're going to create, not only in our own lives, but also around the people that we touch.
2: The pandemic showed us really how isolated we were from each other, even though we were moving around, racing around in the world. Mm -hmm. It showed us that we were essentially isolated from one another. Now, with the pandemic, people want to reach out more to others. Now, the, the breaking point is something that you brought up, is the trauma that people have gone through. That human contact is critical. One of my questions is, as we move forward or come out of this situation, what measures, what steps can we do to help each other get through this place where we're going to have to come back together? What is that? What do you think that's going to look like, I mean, as far as the, the um, expression of trauma? Has there been any works done? Are there any studies being done?
3: I think uh, definitely in Australia, they're looking at the impact of COVID, you know, on mental health. And I know for a fact that all our helplines, lines, all our services have been stretched to the absolute max, which will give you an indicator of how people are suffering. And that's a worldwide phenomenon. But we've got to remember, too, in the Western world where we're well off, it, that, can, you know, that pales into sig- insignificance as to what some countries have suffered I think what's going to be important moving forward which is a challenge in a way and I'll explain that in a minute is relationships connecting collaborating kindness being more mindful of each other in the world and starting to try and break down these barriers and each individual can contribute to that so even what we're doing today in having this conversation you know I'm the other side of the world I'm in Australia We've come together to have this conversation. These are the things that spread the word, spread the word, and can change um, how people start to view things. Relationships are key to healing, and that's what I love about psychotherapy. We're very right-brained. We want to connect with people. We want to understand people. We're curious about people. We don't. There is no judgment uh, as to anyone's past. So I think that kindness and that ability to appreciate the world and everyone in it and what everyone contributes to it is going to be key. So I think we need a shake-up and we need to really adjust our mindset moving forward that there will be challenges and to be mindful of of those challenges and what people are dealing with and suffering. What part
2: does humility have in accomplishing what you just talked about?
3: I think humility is massive. I think it, it doesn't matter what you have, who you are, where you are, to um, to be humble and to be grateful for the fact that we are just all here living this human existence. We're all the same. We're just living a human existence. That's it. I think we need to remember that every day uh, that we get up. You know, Ruth, and... Compared to what some people go through, this is nothing. But in my life, I've lost both my siblings. I was the middle child. I lost my older brother some years back and I lost my younger sister a couple of years ago. I'm the the last one of siblings. Now, I never expected that would happen Mm -hmm. because they were both quite young. And I know when my sister was very ill, um, I had another sort of redefining moment in terms of, how absolutely privileged I am that I get to actually wake up each day to look out at at the beauty of what we have in the world, not to have too many problems but to know that by helping other people every day I evolve and become better. So I, I think that gratitude and um, understanding how privileged we are to be here is we can't overlook that. Out of adversity, I think we can grow. And uh, I think that's that's a responsibility we have, actually.
2: Okay, I, I love that you said that. We can actually be grateful, like you said, that we're still here. Those of us who have made it this far, we're still here. We get to wake up. So gratitude may be a new lifestyle. Learning how to be grateful for whatever you have just whatever you have, and I think I just said it earlier, whatever you have, it could be, you could be eating beans and rice, but at least it's food, not have the roof that you used to have over your head, but you have a roof over your head. How do we get through it? How do we get through this? Because this is an unprecedented experience in human history, because there have been other big things that have happened. We've had world wars, we've done all that, but this issue has affected every human on the face of the earth no one has escaped it
3: yeah that's right I, I think a couple of things one would be faith you've got to have faith in something and you've got to have something that you hold dear to your heart in that way that that keeps you going on a daily basis. And that can be different for everyone, you know, how they define that, their spiritual life, whether it's God or whether for some people it's something else. But faith is really, really important. It gives us a guiding force in our life. So so that's one thing. And I think connection is the other key to it. Without knowing it at an unconscious level, I think we've actually created a very individualistic society. It's every man for himself or every woman for herself. Although I think women are a little bit onto this and women are, are, are more inclined to want to collaborate. We were talking about that earlier in Connect. So our connections and connecting with other people in the world. I have friends all over the world. And in fact, a couple of people I know, Kevin, I'll say hi to Kevin in America, in Boston, Uh, we talk nearly every week and during the lockdown because we had a little bit more freedom here I would talk to him but you know he would say to me I'm going crazy I, I you know I don't know how much longer I can stand this so hearing people struggle but being able to sit with that and just understand it and instill a little bit of hope as well and remind them about faith you know hope faith kindness and connection there is no other way out of anything Mm -hmm. that's what we do in psychotherapy we hold the hope for our clients that they can't hold in their situation whatever that might be and I've worked with some people in some really you know awful situations Mm -hmm. and they have no hope they've let go of everything so you've got to hold that for them but we can do that as a community as well
2: you know Wow, that's a that's a concept. Yes, hold hope for someone else.
1: Yes, and and we do that for our children, and we don't think about it because they are our children. But if we could take that attitude to other people that are not immediately in our family, what mm. a difference! Yeah, it would make. Wow. Absolutely. And I think it's
3: important to pass that down to the younger generation too because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of, you know, this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) The last time I was sitting on a train in a capital city, I was sitting at the back and, you know, I'm a big believer in looking up. I always say, you know, if you're feeling down, look at the sky. Um, Don't look at this because this is not going to help you. Look up um, or look out. And uh, I, I'm always amazed when you're sitting on a train, I was the only person, everyone, there were about probably 20 or 30 people in front of me and every single person was on their device with yeah. their head down, you know. Mm-hmm. And we miss out on so much. I grew up in the country and we used to talk to people. We were brought up, we talked talk to people, we'd say hello to people on the train. But these days, if you say hello to someone on the train, they look at you as if you're a bit crazy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's the same here, yes.
3: That
1: we do. Wow.
2: One of the big things that's um, come out of this thingy that we do with the phones is that there are more people having accidents uh, with cars because they're looking at their phone crossing the road. You know, we grew up being taught to look both ways before you cross. Now they just step off the curb. (laughs) They're <laughs> so engrossed in what's going on. That got to be creating trauma also because you're, you're not aware of people who are around you. You're just not. It's, uh, I try to, if I go for a walk, I turn off my phone. I am not walking with my phone. And I see people in the park doing it all the time. They're walking for whatever reasons, but they're constantly on their phone. I don't get the purpose. I don't care. I need
1: to do that uh, because I step away from my phone, especially mm-hmm. when I'm having my me time. Phone is in another room on the charger. I'm in another room. I hear no dings and beeps and none of that. <laughs> and I'm an IT person over 30-something years. So gadgets and things like that, I like. Mm-hmm. But I do realize that it's important that I step away from all of that and just get mm-hmm. grounded
2: grounding. Because so many people have had traumatic events in their lives before the pandemic, more during the pandemic than they can imagine, do you suggest uh, meditation with your clients or how do you help them to get grounded?
3: Meditation is definitely something that is great. Uh, not, Not everyone warms to meditation. And I always say that you don't necessarily need to meditate It can just be a case of the word grounding is good, going outside, making sure your feet touch the grass, that you haven't got a phone, that you can sit in in silence but looking around and take things in from the outside world, reconnect. And there's a lot of research that's been done on this and we need it because we've become more indoors because we are connected to either Netflix or an iPhone or a device. So... You consciously now have to make sure, as Ida was saying, that you take this time for yourself, that you reconnect with, you know, the earth, the planet, um, and take in the outdoors and get off the devices, you know, and stop thinking or stop doing and just start being. There's a big difference between doing and being. We have to still understand how to be in the world. That's what's important. I like that. I
1: like that. And I try to make sure I get that done. In the beginning, when I first started really being conscious conscious and intentional about that, I felt some kind of way. Now, I look forward to it. It's like, oh, it's me, 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 me time. (laughs) And I really look forward to it. I really look forward to it. Just maybe walking around the yard, watching the, I got a, a family of rabbits that I watch every day, like in the summertime. And it's so funny. I'm out there watching them, they watching me, I'm watching them. And it's like, we've created this bond. They're looking for me in the morning, I'm looking for them in the morning.
3: (laughs) I I love it, I love it. Do you know, sometimes people say to me when I say, oh, you can do this, they say, oh, I don't have time. And I always say to them, how much time do you spend watching Netflix a day? And they go, oh couple of hours and like if you have a couple of hours for Netflix you have a plenty of time to go and reconnect you know and and learn to be so we have to readjust how we think about things too and our priorities and what's important Mm -hmm. and our mental health and you know being well uh, because it feeds into our health of course as well Um, you know good health is promoted through doing those things as well
1: Yes, I agree. Well, Claudia, this has been awesome. We could go on and on and on. (laughs) There's so much to talk about in this arena. But if people want to get in contact with you, how do they do so?
3: Yes, they can. uh, Well, they can either go to my website, which is www.womanlysense.com, or they can send me an email, uh, which is questions at womanlysense.com com uh, And I've got a second email, which is Claudia Soul at womanlysense.com. Uh, they can also find me on Instagram. They'll find both Womanly Sense and Claudia Soul author on Instagram as well. So I'm there, I'm
2: around. Okay, I have one quick question. Could you tell us a little bit about your book that's going to be coming out?
3: I'm really excited about my book. <laughs> I don't want to say too much about it, but it really is designed to provide one thing that people need to do, it's one thing that involves a number of things um, <laughs> that uh, will basically change the game for people. I believe that we've got so complicated in the solutions we're offering up to people and often this niching thing that was created. It's great for coaches and professionals because they get to focus in on one thing and it's a great way to market. But The reality is we're whole. There's more to us than just one part of a problem. You know, if you've got a relationship problem, there's likely to be a whole lot of other stuff going on. So this talks about how really to navigate life in a way that addresses you as a whole being. It's a concept that will be very easy for people to follow and adopt. And it's based on 23 years of working with clients and research and notes over that period of time. So I'll be really excited to share that. Maybe I can come back on. and Oh, that's
2: my idea. That's why I asked you, because we'd love to have you come back. As you get ready to launch or right after you launch, we'd love to have you back.
1: Absolutely. Well, we got a comment from this Nancy Richards. Uh, she says, we are fabulous. Thank you so much, Nancy. We are so happy <laughs> that you're enjoying this conversation. Yes. Absolutely. Hi, yes well we are definitely going to do this again this this, there's a lot more to talk about obviously and to help people to wrap their head around what might be going on you Mm -hmm. know so we really thank you miss claudia for taking time I, i know we are like how many hours apart is it like
3: it, it's a lot well it's still yesterday where you are <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how far apart we are we're like okay. <laughs> oh wow wow i still can't get my head around that but it's monday where you are i think right yes and yeah. i'm tuesday morning oh wow um, wow,
1: wow. But but yeah. that great that we can do this oh my
3: It is fabulous. And I feel really privileged that you asked me to actually be here on the show. You ladies are absolutely amazing. So, yeah. You are are amazing.
1: Thank
2: you. Yes, You are. I always love it that when someone brings their life into their work and it becomes a life work and it's coming from a very authentic place. So thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. It thank was a joy. You. I look forward to seeing you again.
3: <laughs> me, me too. Thanks, Ruth. Thanks, Ida. I really, really enjoyed it. Thank, thank you. All right. And thank
1: everybody for tuning in. We appreciate you as well.
2: Your business, through Just Mighty My Business Media, has exposure on internet radio, major social media platforms, and now TV. Through Just Mighty My Business, dynamic digital marketing platform. Don't listen to the word on the street.
1: Hear it for yourself.
2: Visit jmmb.assistedcircle.org to learn how you can take your business, your vision, to the next level.
1: Voiceovers by RCH Voiceworks
2: for when you want to be heard. Call 443-620-4115.
1: Thank you for tuning in to Just Minding My Business Radio. I'm your host, Ida Crawford.
2: And I'm your co-host, Ruth Haskins.
1: We hope you enjoy the show and appreciate you stopping by. Many blessings to you and yours.
0: That's join